Hi, and welcome to the Church Unlimited podcast. Church Unlimited is a vibrant, Bible-based church in North Lakes, Queensland, that is passionate about helping people discover the genuine love of Jesus. If you're currently looking for a home church, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship. For more information about our Sunday service or to find out how we can best help you, head to our website at churchunlimited.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message from Sunday service. To bring the word for us today. And I, I trust that as I preach, the message that I have on my heart is going to help you to just continue to have moments of encounter with the presence of God. To, to lay aside anything that might be holding you back and just simply step into everything that God has for you. And I think it's a message for now. I, I, I genuinely think this is a message for us as a church. It's so relevant today because now more than ever, isn't the world just trying to squeeze you a little bit harder, expect a little bit more from you, ask you to work a little bit more, try a little bit harder, be a little bit more? Particularly as we get closer to Christmas. Hey, Alan. Yeah. It's just like the, it's like the speed of life as you hit November just gets a little bit more and a little bit more. And that sense of almost like a weariness as you know that you're approaching a moment of rest, but you're not quite there yet. But today I want to help you find moments of rest in the midst of every day of your life. Jesus said in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, he said, come to me all who labor, and a heavy laden. Does that feel like you today? Maybe, maybe not yet. We'll see. All who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, he says, and my burden is light. Isn't it funny how sometimes, even though Jesus promised my yoke is easy, my burden is light. That sometimes, just as we're trying to follow Him, we even find that this sense of expectation and this sense of striving works its way into the way that we choose to follow after Jesus. So often I find myself striving. I find myself pushing. I find myself working. Even as I try to follow Jesus, sometimes I feel a bit of an expectation to maybe to do a little bit more, maybe be a little bit better. Even, to, even at church, isn't it funny that we can feel this expectation that I just need to have a little bit more faith. So if I try a little bit harder, maybe I'll find a little bit more faith in my life. And don't get me wrong, I want to see God do more and more things in my life and through my life. And I want to make my life more and more available for Him to use. But at times I feel like I'm trying so hard, you know, just within myself, to experience more of God, that far from being restful, I can find that my pursuit of Christ sometimes feels like a little bit of work and a little bit of effort. Perhaps it's in trying to take bigger steps of faith, believing for greater things in my life. Maybe it's as I try to hold on, believing for the miracle that I know God's promised me, but I haven't yet seen it come to fruition in my life. Holding on can feel like work sometimes, Maybe it's in trying to move beyond sin that holds me back, attitudes that limit my mind, behavior that hurts me, the people around me, trying to be better, 
And with that idea sometimes comes the idea that if I am better, maybe God will love me a little bit more or accept me a little bit more easily. Look, I know Jesus promised peace and rest, but sometimes just the expectations that I think I put on myself become a burden to carry as I try to follow Jesus in my own strength and not His. And so I'm, I'm, telling my, I'm preaching to myself today. I'm telling myself, and by extension, I'm telling you as well, welcome to my conversation, that our walk with God should never, ever feel that way. And I think while many of us know this to be true, we've read the passage, we know that Jesus said, it will be easy, you'll find rest. But I think sometimes I experience that verse as a, as a fact on paper, but not necessarily a reality in my life. Not, and it's not because I don't love God. It's not because I don't want to live the way that He wants me to live. But I think sometimes it's simply because I don't understand how to follow Him the way that I'm meant to. I don't know how to live the life that He's invited me to live. Because, to be honest, as I try to follow Jesus, I find that actually there's new rules to how I should live. There's new paths that I need to walk. There's a new freedom that I can live in every single day. If only I understand what it truly means to come to Jesus and find rest. And so it's my prayer. It's my prayer for myself. It's my prayer for you that today we might see God a little clearer, that we would experience His love a little more deeply, that we would find rest in His presence because there's rest for you in His presence today. And I think it's from this place of rest, from this understanding of His presence, from these moments where we just encounter His love, and His goodness and His grace, that it begins to overflow out of us. I don't have to put anything on. What do I need to do? I just need to approach Him and allow Him to work within me and then trust that as I do, His love and His goodness and His grace and His mercy are going to overflow out of me into the world around me, that more and more people would find exactly the same love, acceptance and forgiveness that I found in Jesus. All right, let me change chapter for a minute because my notes said I should... I need to tell you about myself. Surprising, I know, Kathleen, but I am not actually much of a sporting guy. Get out, I know. Ray's known this for a while. He accepts me anyway. But it might surprise you because as much as I do enjoy watching at least three games of NRL every year, I just don't really enjoy watching big burly men chase a small ball around a field. And it doesn't matter what sort of sport ball it is. I'm just not that interested. A few years ago, I went and watched footy at the Suncourt Stadium. I loved it. It was so fun. Like the crowds are cheering, there's this atmosphere. Uh, I, I paid too much for food that didn't taste that great. I, I enjoyed my night. But as I'm watching the game, you know, as I'm watching the world's finest athletes just chase this small ball up and back, 100 meters, 100 meters, whatever, good for them. I'm watching and I realize that watching football live removes one crucial element of my sporting experience that I need. And it's called the commentators. They're the ones that tell me what's actually happening in the game. And so if you actually enjoy sport, don't watch with me. Because suddenly, like, sometimes the ball went out of the field and that's bad. Other times they kicked it out and it was good. I don't get that. Um, and it seems like a perfectly good game is being played and suddenly the ref would run out and say, well, there's a penalty, but I have no idea what happened. Um, so I'm just trusting that these guys know what's going on. They all seem to nod. And like, all right, okay. But I just found that removed from the helpful voices on my TV that explain what's actually happening in sport ball, I don't know what's going on. 
And if you think watching it is difficult and confusing at times, watching me play it is even worse. I've just, I've just joined an indoor soccer team and I'm glad that these guys accept me for who I am. But 10 years or so ago when I last played football, I, said, I used to always say, look, I'm not very talented, but I am enthusiastic. Well, I don't even, like the ball just doesn't stay near my feet. I don't know how that happens and I can't kick. And so I used to play defense. I'll just, I'll run really hard. 10 years later, apparently running really hard doesn't even work. And so I'm just lost, like I'm the guy wandering around going, What's even going, like, you watch some people and they just make sport look easy. You know, they know how to play the plays, they know what the rules are, they know the game, they know what the game is meant to achieve, whereas I'm just having fun by myself. <laughs> it's good to watch. But isn't it funny that I think that's a good picture of sometimes what people feel like as they watch church from the outside and they watch Christians from the outside, and sometimes as they try to step in and play the game for themselves. The game doesn't quite make sense because I don't understand the rules. I don't know what you're trying to achieve. And everything that you're doing, like, lift my hands up. Oh, that seems weird. Sing songs in public. Don't you know that I'm white and have no rhythm? The moves are funny. It doesn't make sense. And what happens is we bring our understanding of the world and we try to make it make sense. And so we, we tell ourselves, well, of course, Christianity in church is all about making bad people into good people, right? That's what we're doing. That's what's happening. So look, I'll play the game. It's okay. I'll come along. It's fine. And what do I do? I, I, if I think that church is about making bad, peop bad people good, what will I do? Well, I'll just try and be better. You know, I'll, I'll try and act the way that I think a good Christian should behave. I'll say the things that a good Christian should say. I'll sing the songs. I'll pray the prayers. I, look, I know I'll figure it out along the way. I know there's some things that I need to do, and there's definitely some things that I need to stop doing, and I'll do my best. But that's not what church is all about, is it? And so even because I don't understand how to play, I just do my best. And what do I find? Even though the pastor promised that it would be easy and I'd find, oh gosh, I find it tiring. It's so hard. And I'm not actually getting any more better. I'm just more better, whatever. Um, I'm actually just getting frustrated that all the promises aren't coming true for my life and I'm working and I'm str It's such hard work. And in the end, I decided that church is just not for me because it didn't work out. I didn't know what to do and I felt out of place all the time. And so I just said, you know what, I'll go and find a different play game to play. It's even worse when some people think that that's what church is meant to be about. And they're looking from the outside and just from the beginning, they say, you know what, I can't be like that. So I won't even try. And so instead of coming to church, taking a moment to encounter the presence of God, finding hope and love and future and acceptance in Him, they disqualify themselves before they even try to play. And they keep themselves out of the game. This all happens because they don't understand what's actually happening when we come and be a part of church, when we choose to give our lives to Christ, when we choose to follow after Him. Because there's a simple truth that just doesn't make sense to our world, and it's this. You will never be able to please God, and you will never be able to um, do anything that will make God accept you more, because it doesn't come out of who you are. It comes out of who He is. So it's not based on anything that I do. I can't understand God. I can't understand church. I can't understand Christianity if I choose to look at it through the lens of this world, because it works off a completely different set of rules and principles. It's an entirely different game. So you've got to play it an entirely different way.
you can never understand what happens here in terms of out there, right? I can't bring out there into here, play the same way and just hope that it works out. Okay. When Jesus came and lived amongst us, when he taught, when he spoke, when he told his parables, he often began by saying this, the kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It's like a man that sows wheat. It's like a farmer looking for sheep. But he always began, the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God is like this. What's, he's actually saying, I didn't come to this world to work in the midst of it and try and make you better like it, a better version of it. I actually came here to bring heaven to earth. I came to bring a new reality into this world. I'm not trying to teach you how to play this game. I'm trying to invite you into something completely and totally different. It's foreign. It's not like anything you've known and you can't understand it if you try to think of it in terms of this world. Even when we're saved, when we choose to give our life to Christ, the Bible says that my old self, everything that attached to this world, dies. I put it aside. And I'm given new life, a new spirit. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, born not of this world, but of the spirit and made for the kingdom of heaven. And so I need to start to live, not according to this world, and its rules and its ways and its priorities, but according to the kingdom of heaven, its purposes, its plans, its priorities. I've got to play the rules of the game according to the kingdom of heaven. And its principles, the way that you live in heaven, completely, totally different to the way that you do things here on earth. Uh, let me give you an example. Let me think. How does the world teach me to get ahead here? Well, it says, Dan, try harder work longer, do more, become better. If you're good, you'll achieve more. You know, if, if people likely, like you, they'll accept you. If you can become acceptable, you'll be celebrated. It says that if I work harder, I'll earn more. And it's all based on this principle of merit. Everything that I can earn, I can achieve. You know, if I can be enough, I can receive enough. I can get enough. It's based on me and who I am. But if you look at the kingdom of heaven, it's completely different says it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done. It begins with this simple fact, God loves you. And so how does, how does he receive you? Well, not based on who you are, but based on who he is. And he says he gives you unconditional love and you can't earn it. So don't even try. He says you can only ever receive it. It's a gift, a free gift. Don't try and earn a gift. It's a gift of his grace. If you just put your hand out and accept it, it says it's grace and his mercy and his love and his forgiveness is there for you. It says that I don't need to earn reward. It just says if I ask my Heavenly Father for everything that I need, He'll give it to me. Again, because it's not based on me, it's based on who He is. It says every good thing is a gift from God that I simply receive. It's works of grace. It's works of mercy. It's works of forgiveness. This is the currency of heaven. And the only way you can receive it is to simply humble yourself to yield your heart, to choose, God, I'll receive whatever you would give me. This is the way that you live within the kingdom of God. You can't use the ways of the world to prosper in the kingdom of God. No amount of effort, no amount of striving, self-promotion, no amount of good behavior will ever make you more loved, more accepted, more forgiven, because God's world doesn't work off those rules. You can't earn His forgiveness. You can only ever receive it. You can't deserve God's love. You just accept it. You don't try harder. Maybe you just need to trust 
a little longer. We don't strive our way into the kingdom of God. I just simply rest in His presence. These are the rules of the kingdom of God. The ways of God are nothing like ours. And if we try to play the game our way, we'll only ever hurt ourselves. You know, even when I hear it like this, I think I still struggle sometimes to understand how different God's ways are to ours. I think that there's two words I want to contrast really quickly for all of us today that just show the difference in our mentality to God's mentality, the principles of heaven to the principles of here and now. It's two words. It's Sabbath. That's the, that's, that's the heaven one, right? We know that one. It's in the Bible. And the other one you don't find in Scripture is called the side hustle. You know, Sabbath is a simple principle. You know, the, the picture of a Sabbath was I would have a job, I would work hard during the week, and then I would give one, devote one day to rest and to honor God, just the way that he did. When he created the earth, he rested on the seventh day. So I'll be like God. I'll rest. I'll honor him. I'll celebrate his provision. Side hustle tells me this. Actually, one job's not enough. You should probably get another. And if you're good at it, get another one as well. I've got side hustles on top of side hustles. And it's good if you enjoy them, but it's better if they make money. And it's based off this principle of actually I need to provide for everything that I need. And because I need more and because I'm not satisfied, I need to strive a little bit harder. I need to work a little bit more. I need to reach a little higher. One job is not enough. Have two. Have three. Have more. When I look at it from this mentality... The side hustle, the world approach says that I need to achieve more and I need to be more. If I, if I want it, I need to rely on myself to get it. And so I'll strive for it and push for it and work for it and do everything that I can to earn it. But when I understand the principle of Sabbath, which is more than just having a rest, by the way. It's more than just having a sleep in on Sunday and going to church. It's an intentional stopping. I'm stopping to strive. I'm stopping to work. I'm choosing to rest. I'm choosing to say, God, I trust you in this moment. God, I rely on you in this moment. When I, can, when I understand Sabbath, I, I rest not because I have to, I actually rest because I can, because I understand God provides for all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And so it doesn't matter how hard I work because it's not reliant on me. Everything that I have is a good gift from my heavenly Father. Side hustle teaches me to strive and to work and to rely more and more on myself. Sabbath teaches me to trust God in everything. And some mentality that we have to understand and it's something that we have to apply. If side hustle tells me make space, make room, do more so that you can do more and have more, Sabbath says actually make space, you need to because you need to trust God more. You need to rely on God more. You need to rest knowing that he has every situation under his control, that everything in the world stops and honors him. He is Lord over everything. So look, if you have a side hustle, good on you. I have one too. But don't let it consume your life. Don't let it become the priority of your world. Choose. I will stop. I will honor God because he is where my help comes from. He is the source of every good thing in my life with that idea of Sabbath in your mind, the need to stop, the need to rest, the need to trust God in every moment. Let me read those words of Jesus to us again as he invites you and me to rest in his presence.
Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I think that's where most of us meet Jesus. We come to him, burdened, burdened by sin, weighed down by our, by our selfishness and our pride, everything that we've tried to do ourselves, and we come to him and we receive his love. We receive his forgiveness and we find rest in him. That's where we all begin and we begin to follow after him. But then you get a little bit further down the track. Maybe not you, maybe this was just me. But you've been walking with Jesus for a little while. And then somehow it starts to feel like work again. It starts to feel like there's a little bit of effort and a little bit of striving. It, sometimes I feel like I've lost that sense of rest and peace in his presence. And I'm trying to push in to take hold of more in him. You know what should have been light and easy to carry? Now becomes a burden for my soul as I try to strive and push my way into everything that he has in store for me. How did I even get to this point? How did this happen? I'd encountered the goodness of God, yet a little bit of my old nature had come in. I think many of us find ourselves here, not because we fell out of love with Jesus, not because we stopped wanting to do it his way, but because we simply forget what it means to live according to his kingdom. Who's played you know here? Jenny has. Yep. Who's played you know with Paul the Snow? Take your life in your hand. Dangerous game, I know. We've been playing you know in my house a little bit more as my kids get older and it's, so it's on my mind. Um, it's frustrating because they, one, they don't know how to play. Two, they can't really count. And colours are questionable when it comes to Harry. And so often I'm playing at least three of the five hands that are happening at any of the table. And so it's a, it's a power that I wield responsibly. But have you ever, you know, knowing how to play the game yourself, gone to somebody else's house, maybe the Snows, and found that they have an entirely different set of rules to play by? You know, in my house, you can stack draw twos, but you cannot stack draw fours. But when you play with them, you might be able to. You know, reverses doing all different sorts of things. I was at a house once where there was a green card down. And so somebody had a blue and a yellow card. And I said, well, that makes green. And so I put them together. <laughs> the sense of injustice in my heart as I said, no, this is not right. This is not how it plays. House rules destroy friendships. And don't even bring Monopoly into the question. But I think that's a little bit of how we start to follow after Jesus. We have this tendency or this idea of I'm playing according to the rules of heaven. But then I just bring a little bit of home with me. This is how I've learned to play the game. And then it worked for me out there. So I'm bringing the rules with me as I choose to follow after Jesus. But I've got to tell you, you cannot bring your old house rules into the new kingdom of heaven. You can't bring works and reward. You can't try and earn good things from God. You can't try and even just be good enough for him because it doesn't work and it cannot work. You can't try to trust in yourself. You can only ever try to trust in Jesus because the only thing you can ever receive from God is that which you accept as a free gift of his grace. There's no earning anything in the kingdom of heaven. And the moment you start trying, you've forgotten what it means to follow Jesus and you begin to step outside of his peace and his rest, and his joy, as you step into your own efforts, and your own good works. 
you slip out of Sabbath and just let a little bit of side hustle come into your mindset and it changes everything about your walk with God. What should have been light and easy just becomes a heavy burden again as you try harder and harder and harder to find what you once had before. But it's only because you were never meant to live that way in the first place. You were made to live in the goodness of God and to receive His love and and to know His mercy. Yet sometimes we try to bring ourselves back into the game. And it looks differently. Maybe it's like trying to live a life that's good enough for God, thinking that it'll make Him love you more. Maybe it's thinking that if I just did a little bit more for God, He would do a little bit more for me. Seems reasonable when you think about it in terms of our world. But it's just not how it works in the kingdom of heaven. Maybe you think if I just pray harder, God will move faster. Maybe it's in just doing things that other good Christians do so that you'll feel like you'll fit in amongst the family. It could be in thinking that you'll impress God with your, with your offering or your service or the way that you pray and the way that you worship, knowing that He already accepts you exactly as you are. It, these might sound like really big and broad statements, but it all comes down to this simple fact. There's nothing that you can ever do. There's no good work. There's no good effort. There's no self that you can bring that will ever earn anything from God. You can't ever do enough, be enough, give enough, and it's human pride that makes you think you can. Whereas we know that God says in James 4, 6 that He opposes the proud but gives His grace to the humble. The only way that you can ever get anything from God is just to receive it as a gift, as it was made to be given. So if you find yourself feeling burdened, if you find yourself feeling weary, if you're sitting here going, Dan, I need some rest, it's here for you today. And you don't have to work for it. It's just a moment where you can receive it. Not based on anything that you've done, just based on the goodness and the graciousness and the kindness of God. Jesus is here to take every burden away. Let me read that passage from Matthew 11 again, but I'll read it from the message version. It hits a little different. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Just keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You know, it's never, ever been about earning anything from God. It has always and only ever been about simply receiving love from God. I think that's the only rule of the game. In truth, I don't earn anything. I simply receive everything that He has given me. I think there's a simple rhythm that flows through everything. And you see it in the way that God chooses to relate to mankind, in the way that He chooses to interact with us. It's simple and it's easy. It just says He gives and we receive. He overflows and we live in His presence. He fills and I overflow in return. If I think about Adam and Eve in the garden, it says that God formed Adam. 
and then he breathed life into him. And in response, Adam lived. Our very existence begins with the breath of God. He gave life. We simply receive it and live in it. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Are we getting close to lunch? Jesus is talking with his disciples and he's talking about new life in Christ. And what does he say? He says, do you love me? Yes, Jesus, we love you. And he breathes on them again. Receive my spirit. Receive new life. There's this simple rhythm. God gives and I receive. The disciples gather in the upper room. They're waiting because God has promised to give more. And it says that the the Holy Spirit is poured out upon them and the church is born. He gave and we receive. The rhythm of God's grace simply flows out of him. In James 1.17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. God gives. We simply receive. He speaks and we respond. God loves and we are loved. He forgives and I'm forgiven. He fills. I simply overflow. There's no need to complicate this rhythm at all. We simply live in the unforced rhythm of God's grace. If the band could come and join me on stage. I want to bring this to a moment where we can sit in the presence of God, where we can learn to simply receive His love and His goodness, His grace, where we can find rest, where we can know peace, because it's here and it's not something that we have to work for. It's not something that you have to strive for. It's simple and it's uncomplicated and it's available for you. It's as simple as breathing in and breathing out, something that we do throughout every single day. I live knowing the breath of God. I breathe in and I breathe out. I experience His presence. And if you understand that as simple as breathing in and breathing out is is receiving, He gives and I receive. He gives and I receive. This is the rhythm of God's grace. Why don't you just take a moment? Why don't you bow your head? Why don't you close your eyes? Why don't you choose to set aside effort? Why don't you choose to set aside that which would worry you, that which you might have to try in your own strength? And why don't you choose in this moment to simply sit and receive from God? It's as simple as breathing in and breathing out. You'll always remember it. I just breathe in. I know His presence. When I breathe out, He has given me life. It's the unforced rhythm of God's grace for you. I breathe in and I breathe out. He gives and I receive. He speaks. I simply respond. It's His Word in my life that brings faith. I didn't even create that. His Word directs. I simply follow. He leads me and guides me. It's as I trust Him, it's as I yield to Him, as I choose to receive from Him that He leads me beside still waters and green pastures, that He restores my soul simply as I breathe in and I breathe out and I know that He is with me. I only love because He loves me. And so I breathe in and I receive His love and I breathe out and I live according to Him. I'm forgiven simply because He forgave me can accept it and receive it and I can live it you know everything begins in him 
Everything is held together and is sustained in Him. Everything will be fulfilled in Him. It's not relying on me or you. Everything is in Him. As I breathe in and I breathe out, I know His presence afresh and I feel Him as He fills me and fills me. And I breathe out and I respond in praise and in worship. I'm so grateful for all that He has done in my life. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. It was as easy as breathing. I just received it. His goodness overflows in my life. I don't ever need to push or strive. You don't need to work for the goodness of God and His love. You only ever need to yield, to submit, to quiet yourself, to draw near to Him and know that He is God. Can you breathe in and invite His presence afresh? Can you breathe out prayers of thanks and gratitude? Can you breathe in and just listen for His voice? God, would you speak to me? Would you reveal yourself afresh? And I just breathe out, responding with thanks and joy for all that He has done. Jesus said, if you're tired and thirsty, simply come to Him. He will give you rest. Father, I breathe in. I trust You. I rely on You. I look to You. And I breathe out knowing everything is in your control. Everything is sustained in you and held together by you. I don't have to strive to be in this place. I cannot strive into this place. I simply rest in his presence, knowing that he is God. And it's from this moment, it's in this place, as he speaks to me, as he fills me, that I encounter his love afresh that my life responds to His goodness, not because I tried, but because He's doing a good work within me. His love overflows. His fruit grows in my life. His Spirit moves through me and overflows out of me. It's from these moments in His presence that I'll go into all the world, not because I have to, but simply because I'm walking with Him and working with Him in all things. And His goodness draws me closer and it draws me on. I'm not trying to earn my way in. I'm simply resting in Him. This is what it means to follow after Jesus. You don't need to force anything. and You don't need to earn a single thing. You only ever need to receive His love, His forgiveness, His righteousness. There's healing and wholeness for those who would receive it. There's peace and joy for those who need it. There's restoration for all things as we simply come to Jesus. And as he says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and you'll learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. Thanks for joining us. We pray that you and your family are richly blessed by the love and grace of Jesus. If you're ever in the area, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship.